welcome to the Car Dealer Pro podcast. Today we've got Mark from Imperial Marks and uh, mate, it's great to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, David. It's a real pleasure. Yeah. An honour, actually. I didn't expect someone of my small, I was going to say small stature, but my, uh, what's the word? No, I haven't got a small stature, that's the problem. <laughs> um, but my relatively small business, I don't think I'd be of much interest to people, but I guess we all start somewhere, don't we? Yeah, but, you know, it's, with all these podcasts, it's just across the board, every different type of trader we've had on, isn't it? You know, there's been plenty yeah, absolutely. of... Absolutely. You know, and uh, that, that's what's great, hearing everybody's uh, story. And um, so how, can you sum your business up in two minutes, let everyone know what, what you're all about, what you're doing that? To be honest, I could probably sum it up in 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> basically, I'm a small one-man band. Um, I'm selling cars sort of between... Three thousand pounds, twenty thousand. Yeah. I through through pain and frustration, I guess, and what I've learned, I try now to avoid cars over a hundred thousand miles. Yeah. Um, whatever the car is, whether we whether it was serviced the day before, but whether it's a, a BMW and it's serviced by BMW the day before, we always do another service on it. Um, every time we let it fail, for what it actually costs me to do a basic oil and filter change and yeah. a quick inspection, it's just. Uh, it always has a new MOT, even if it's got 364 days left. We always do our airport, uh, my appointed garage, yeah. always does a new MOT. And I think a lot of that's to do with, I suppose, future claims, or let's say the worst happens and someone has an accident in a car. I can still put my hand on my heart and say, I know. Yeah. We did everything we could. I went over and above with this car to make sure it's done. It's, 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 not, um, it's not that I'm a saint or anything. A lot of it's quite selfish. It's, it's to protect myself and everything else. Um, our warranties are, um, I'm, I'm glad, I think it was Rory actually, or maybe James Witcher via Rory about uh, A1 approved. So I, I use them to administer my warranties. They charge me £20 a policy or £20 a booklet. Yeah. Um, and I administer it all, but I fund it all, all myself. Um, and to be honest, the only reason I do that is a couple of times people have found the warranty company directly, like they should, and their computer says no and they've gone away. Whereas whenever someone rings me, I don't care what the fault is, if it's within 3,000 miles or within three months, as long as it's not a tyre yeah. or they've, they've driven into a, um, I don't know, they've been rallied driving it or whatever, I'll cover anything. Brakes, clutches, exhausts, batteries, everything for three months. No quibble at all. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But I do I do hold out for a good margin on the car so I can offer that sort of, you know, that sort of fund really, I guess. Yeah. And, and I've got, and I think... It's paid off. I mean, I've I've been going exactly three years. We incorporated in March, but I've been going a month before, sort of a March three years ago. Um, but I've been trading for a month before I incorporated. And uh, I can one customer, one of my early ones, he's just bought his sixth car off me. Oh, um, I've got another family that come from Red Car, which is nearer to you than it is near to James Bush, actually. Um, so I mean, he's bought. He's, he's bought three cars from me, one for, his, one for each of his sons and one for his wife, from me, driven down from Red Car to Worcester, which is not a, a short distance. Yeah. Um, I've sold three to a, a local guy. I've got quite a lot of repeat business. Yeah. And I, I know people talk about how the internet sort of got rid of loyalty because people just go for the cheapest. It's not my experience, David, to be honest. I'm, I'm selling a lot a repeat business a lot even if it's first cars we get through the conversation they what made you come to me and I say, oh you sold a car to Joe Bloggs you know and he, yeah. he said you did a good job and he had a problem with it 
you fixed it, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, and that, that's really where we are. Yeah. yeah. That's the business. It's, it's lovely when uh, you get all them customers coming back. It's a nice, nice feeling, isn't it? It is fantastic. Yeah. No, you know you. You know, you just you never know with the first one. You know, someone complains they've got a problem with the car, and you know you probably legally you haven't got to fix it. Morally, perhaps you have, yeah. but I do it anyway. And it's just nice to know that you know what. Yes, I know I spent three hundred quid on that car. I didn't probably need to, but that, and it, this happened. It was a gold BMW convertible. The first car I sold the guy, and he had that typical problem with the the oil pressure lights. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so we fixed it for him, and at the time that was painful. You know, I've been going three or four months. Cash was. A problem, I suppose. And, but since he's had five more cars, how much work out that guy? Eight to ten grand, probably. Yeah. And it's cost me three hundred quid, to, and he's only had that touch wood. He's only had that one, that one failure. You've just got to do what's right. That's what I always say. I think you've, so. just, you've just got I to think so. li- listen to your gut. That's all you've got to do. And do you do you work from a re- like a, a unit or a pitch or? Um, it's um, <clears throat> it's a unit at the back of beyond. It's absolutely. It's a, it's a nice estate. It's in a well-known estate, a big estate, just off the motorway, Junction 6 of the M5. And Worcester's quite a nice city. But where my estate is, I mean, trying to find somewhere that would take motor trade for start-off was the, the first hurdle. So I convinced them, I said, you know, I'm not doing any mechanical work. I'm just, you know, it's just going to be used as a showroom and storage. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's a, it's right at the back of an estate. Everyone gets lost when they can find me. They find the estate, no problem. But then I'm tucked around the back, so I get no passing trade at all. But it's, it's all right, you know, it's not big. It's 1,600 square feet internal space. Yeah. And at a push, I can get 11 cars in, or 10 cars in a boat, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also, there was no one in the neighbouring unit for, with neighbouring units, 5,000 square feet, so it's much, much bigger. And there was no one in there and hasn't been for nearly 20 years. So they told me I could have all the outdoor space, all their parking outside. Yeah. So I was able to get up to 20, I think 27 cars was the most I had at one stage, because I had all this space. Anyway, during during this is sort of further compounded us wanting to trade from home again. Uh, at Christmas, they told me you need to uh, reduce some of your stock because we got someone moving in in two weeks. Uh, I was going shit. So I've gone from having sort of I don't know fifteen spaces outside yeah. to realistically three. Right. Um, so by the time I and I've already got like a big loot and van outside that we keep all the valeting stuff in and tools yeah. and basic stuff like that. So that's one space gone. So by the time I pull up and then my valeter turns up, there's no space outside. Yeah. So yeah. it's all right. So if, if you want to dig a car out, I mean, when I dig that boat out, which I was telling you about earlier, when I have to dig that boat out, it's going to have to be on a weekend because I need all the space outside. Yeah. To, to, it's right at the back, of course. So yeah. So, so it's going to be a nightmare. It, but you're going to stay in that, that unit then for the foreseeable? Or? No, um, no, that's the, the plan is, um, in fact, I was at work yesterday digging out some... Um, some books for, for my accountant is chasing up because we still haven't filed we have the extension it's meant to be filed by December we got a three month extension so he, he's what chasing up a few invoices so I was in yesterday and I took the opportunity to have a look at my lease agreement so I've, I've got to give six months notice to break out after three years okay. and my three years is September the 18th right um, so I'm going to put my notice in in early March yeah, yeah. To, to come out I haven't found anywhere to, to live yet I haven't found anywhere else I can work from yet, but I know I don't want to be tied in for another three years. It just will not work for me with space of ten cars. It's also a forty-five minute commute each way, yeah. which is a And how much is it a month? You don't mind me asking. No, it's, it's cheap as chips. It's um, 
and it's really modern. I mean, if you go on my website, you'll see this. I had Cardi the Five did one of those aerial videos for me. Yeah. Uh, free of charge. It was their sort of. Um, they, they used me as a guinea pig, and I pay seven hundred. I can't remember what it is. I know it's just under a grand with the VAT. So it's about eight hundred quid, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, a month, which it, which is for it was for nothing when you consider I've got twenty seven cars, but yeah. now I'm down to sort of ten. It's not. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, easy. The landlord's great. The people around me are nice, but it's just physically not big enough. Yeah. Because I do want to. I do want to grow. I know we've had this conversation about being a busy fool, but I do want to double my numbers again. Yeah. Because you can, I can't make a living out of ten cars. I need to be. I need to have twenty. Yeah. I mean, you, you can make a living out of ten cars, but it, it's how busy you want to be, isn't it? Exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. it's getting exactly. that balance right. Like, if I had mm. ten, in my head, that's I think when I'm sort of retired. So, well, I don't think I'll ever retire. But you know, when I'm winding down, um, so what? What? Yeah. What's in your at, at your house? What well, the house that you're hopefully going to find? How many are you hoping to get on there then? I'd like to I'd like to be able to have twenty ready to go yeah. and five in prep. That's why I always want twenty advertised yeah. and five in prep. But I also at the same time want to uh, drastically increase the unit value, the unit cost. Yeah. Um I can't honestly for the last twelve months I've, I've just come back onto Auto Trader yesterday after a twelve month spell without And then how did um, you get on then without it? Well, honestly, David, when I when I first went to eBay, first of all, my, my I think my Australian bill twelve months ago is about fourteen, either fourteen hundred or sixteen hundred pounds a month. Yeah, um, which is fine when you're selling. But when you have a lean month, that's that's my biggest single cost, like it probably is for most people. And I was thinking, what am I selling? Most of my cars are sub five grand, but they're all sub ten, or they were all sub ten. So I thought I'll try eBay, and I, so I approached eBay, and of course Nick, Nick had got this and I think you've got it as well haven't you these grandfather rights on, yeah. the, on the legacy, legacy agreements yeah, so really I, was being, I was beating up eBay and saying you know I'm not going to be paying they wanted 800 quid a month or something for 25 cars I said I'm not paying four times or three times as much as a fellow trader to me similar size similar value stock I'm not going to pay it's just, it's just I don't give a shit whether it's legacy agreements or not I said I'm not going to be paying three anyway in the end I followed a bit of humble pie and, and they did as well and they came down I got a deal I was paying 510 quid a month for 25 right. across all their platforms yeah um and most of my cars were sub five grand so it's i think it was perfect target for ebay yeah. sub five grand cars all ready to go all 12 months mot all you know like that and i was having it off for a good few months and then of course we got locked down so i haven't got a, i haven't got a fair comparison all i know is whether well, it's i mean australia is definitely a better platform we know that but it's just the the nonsense inquirers I get. I, I have no toleration for stupidity, and I, <laughs> and I cannot cope with these bloody. Men. All right, I mean, yeah. I've got a guy trying to swap three cars for my one. Yeah, you know, like a seven, what a seven thirty i BMW nineteen ninety six or something plus something else. Plus, and he's like, "What do I want all that crap?" You know, and I get loads of that. All right, mate, what's the best price for cash? And I just, and I know we all say it and we all spell it K E S H, but. I just can't, I don't even respond to David, I just yeah. can't be bothered. You know, either send me a sensible message or yeah. piece off. I just, honestly, as soon as someone says, what's your best prize, I switch off. And yeah. I'm probably wrong, I'm probably losing some sales, but as soon as I get a sniff at someone's a, a pain like that, I just can't be bothered. Yeah. So, so I'm waiting for the right person. You can sort of just wear them up. 
like the, the the way that you know the, the grammar is and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely, and, and what time the inquiry comes through? Yeah, well, I mean that's a big oh, thing. Yeah. Who the hell inquires about a car at eleven thirty at night? Oh, Expects a response. I know. I know. Really? I mean, you, mental, see, you still get idiots on Auto Trader. Like uh, yesterday, it was at six o'clock. I got one for this car. And you know on the auto trader thing it says contact preference, it says telephone or email. And then obviously there's this thing, must be something on auto trader where they just press a button and it says, I'm interested in this car, contact me back. Because everyone seems to write that. So <laughs> it can't be a coincidence. So this morning I thought, oh, bugger it, I'll just ring him up. So I rang him up and went, oh, hello there, this is David, lovely car company. I've just had your email. Yeah, I'm just replying your phone call. And he went, yeah. I went, well, yeah, I'm just replying to your phone call. He went, for what? I was like, for the car. <laughs> it's just, yeah. they just drive you insane. And It is. It's, it, well, do you know more shocking than that for me? Because I don't know if you're with, uh, I think it's Auto Social now, who do. Oh, I, I have to get rid of that. I don't use Facebook personally. I don't, I don't like Facebook. I don't like it personally. Yeah. I don't like it from business. But I recognise it's a cheap platform to, you know, if you sell one a year, it's paid for. Yeah. yeah, subscription. Yeah. Anyway, so occasionally I log on because I've got the app on my phone and, I'm, and I look at this thing and, I, and I've got like 300 messages on there in a month. And it's always about the cheapest car I've got. That's And if yeah. you read the app a bit fully, it says spares or repairs. Or something. This is, is this been available? Is it cash? And I look at them. And I, so I've now said, set probably three months ago, I set an automatic response to these questions. So when they write and say, uh, is this still available, which is a generic, you know, you can yeah. click that. It's pretty, it's pretty popular, so they click that. That's what you get. So my automatic reply is, our eBay messages are not monitored. If you're interested in this vehicle and want further information, please ring, and I give them the landline number and our email address. Yeah. Not one, to my knowledge, yeah. has uh, been in touch out with 300 and something messages. Not yeah. one has bothered to do any more than, yeah. than that. I just it's don't crazy. get it. I just do not, not get time. it. And and the thing is, it's not that hard to ring up. But if somebody does ring up, then you know you've got a, a, a solid lead. Then exactly, exactly right. Yeah, someone's made. I know not everyone likes making telephone calls, um, but you know, just a, a politely worded email is fine. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'm happy with that. In fact, especially working from home at the moment, which most of us, I guess, are. I like. Um, I'd rather an email where I can respond in my own time. I can think about what I'm being asked. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and because the cars aren't physically in front of me, you know, someone will say, "Has it got reverse park sensors?" Oh, let me read you. Yeah. I've got a chance to go and look at that to remind myself what it what, yeah. what it's got and what it hasn't. Yeah. So I quite yeah. like an email as long yeah. as it's sensible. Yeah, definitely. you can just tell, can't you? And what, what I've done it, the ones that sound a bit stupid, I've just got like an auto response, uh, copy and paste. Where I say, "Look, if you're really interested in this car, please give us a ring after yeah. eight thirty a.m." And no one ever rings back. No one ever rings back. So, you know, you didn't want to be dealing with that customer anyhow. And um, so, like, what what type of, like, you're saying you sell stuff that's under five, well, anything up to 30 grand, was it? 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. 20, I think the most expensive I've had is 25, which was a Q7, which I bought for myself. Uh, and like everything, it's for sale, isn't it? So yeah, of course. Put it for myself and then put it for sale, and of course it's sold. So. And is is that uh, your favourite stuff to sell then? That the, you know the lumpy stuff, the Audis, the BMs. No, <laughs> if honestly, if I could, if I could choose one brand to represent, and I did go through, I was talking to Rory about this back when I was doing it, but um, 
I went through a spell of a few months of just selling Merck. Oh, right. my favourite brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I found is, David, they take the longest to sell because I guess if you look at a five-year-old Merck and look at a five-year-old Mondeo, the, the Merck doesn't look good value, does it? No. Because it's so much more expensive. So they take that little bit longer to sell, but what I like about Merck is they stay sold. I have very, very, very few problems with Mercedes. Any of them. Brilliant. They just... Yeah, rarely. I've got a funny story which we'll come on to when we talk about problem customers. But ninety percent of them, I've had no no comebacks, nothing at all. They just go, they stay gone. And and, 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 the, know, and the, that that's the brand that you like. You, that's my favourite brand to sell. If I could, and, and it attracts the right customer. Sorry, that's what I'm trying it's to get right, at. It's yeah. the right customer. It's um, yeah. I sent them over to Ireland and all because at one stage I had, I think out of twenty seven cars. 18 of them were Mercedes, and they're all, I think it's when I first got my next gear fund, so I just went a bit a bit wild. So they're all later ones, well, I'll say late, later by my standards. Yeah. Uh, so they're all like, I think the oldest one was like 12 plates or something. So, but yeah, some later stuff for me, and it was, it was nice to be up in the 10 grand, 15, 16 grand, 20. It was nice to be at, yeah. at that level. Yeah. But it's yeah. just, but then when you really look what you make, I was making no more money out of a 15 grand car. Uh, than I was out of a five grand car, especially when you think of the, yeah. the five grand car I'd fund myself, the 15 grand car next gear is. Yeah. So when you look at the stocking load, which the I'm thing is though, there's <gasps> less stuff seems to go wrong with the, the later plate stuff, doesn't it, than if you've got a, 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 I don't know, a 12 year old one. It's so difficult because, you know, I, I don't tolerate idiots. And if someone starts being a pain in my arse, I'd rather give them the money about fuck them off and get someone else. And someone sends blue and understands what they're buying. Or if there's a genuine fault, fix it. It's not just whinging because, I don't know, I, I can't think of an example. And nothing. I'd rather get them out of my life and, and move it on to someone else. Yeah. Now, if you're dealing in five grand cars, that doesn't hurt me too much. I can refund a few of those. Yeah. But when I do panic a bit when you sold one for 20 grand and think, now, when, at what stage am I safe to reinvest that? 20 grand. Yeah. You know, do you think it's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, that's the, but, so you're less likely to have a problem with a later 20 grand car than yeah. you are an older five grand car. At yeah. the same time, if it does come back, it's going to hurt you far more. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those, you know, it's all about risk and reward, isn't it? Yeah, That's of course. Mix. Now, my cheapest car currently in stock, I think, is three and a half grand, and my most expensive is, well, it's, it's not seriously for sale, because, again, it's my car, but the, the Jag, and right. that's up at 22, and ironically, I think that, my XKR, I think, is worth 20 grand retail. That's what I think. Yeah. So I'll stick it up at 22, because I don't want to sell it. Yeah. But if someone's stupid enough to give me 22 grand, I'll take yeah. it and I'll make a good wedge. But plus, it's one of those cars that you need a good wedge. It's a supercharged charge goes. Yeah. You need that. You need that money. Yeah. So yeah, I'll put it on 22. Totally right. Out of all my cars, when I went back onto Auto Trader, I look at Portal. It was the only one that straight away came up as a great price. Yeah. At 22 grand. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So when I bought it, it was telling me it was 20 grand. So I put it on at 22. Now it's telling me it's 22. 22 is great. So what is it? 23. It's yeah. I mean, it's low mileage. It's, <laughs> Two, two owners, full drag history. It's the right car. It's just oh, mate. No. I, th I think you know, like once you go past, I don't know, a certain, a certain uh, value of car, that good price, great price. I don't think it comes into consideration. Where before no, I sort of knew it, I knew it, but now it doesn't matter if it's great price, good price. It's just as long as it's not high price, isn't it? That's it, because there's some stuff. I think low looks horrible as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, know, I, I try and see things through the eyes of a consumer, if you like. 
I think you see, and the fact that the low price marker is grey, <laughs> and high price marker is red. <laughs> yes, Both aren't nice colours, are they? As in, you know, yeah. you think danger, death, yeah. I suppose. I think low, and do people instantly think it's a bit wrong with that car? There's a reason why it's low. Yeah, so yeah. I've, got nothing, I've had to increase cars so they're not low. Yeah, um, yeah. To, to at least fair. But I know they won't sell it good. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, you know. It's it sort of sometimes it, it, it's a gut feeling, isn't it? You just go by your so, gut. Yeah. I yeah. think so. There's loads yeah. of cars I've put up this. We've got this Mondo. It's been around for nearly six months now, and it's a grand under, you know, retail valuation. Uh, and I'm like bugger it I'm putting it up because we looked at that analytics stuff and it's yes. just all over the shop it's not you know if you get I don't know a Ford Focus on a on a template and you put it great and you look at the analytics everything's green yeah. everyone's looking at everyone's wanting to buy it but if you've got a 14 grand Mondeo I think you're just waiting for that sometimes you're just waiting for the right person to, to get it so but this is what what I'm learning, you know, the day you think you know everything, well, that's that's the day you've got to give up. So I'm just I'm just absolutely, learning. I'm learning absolutely. at the minute all these new cars. I think between how many of us are there on that group? Probably thirty of us on the WhatsApp group. Yeah. And I think if you could take the best of everyone on there, you'd have a hell of a business, wouldn't you? But yeah. everyone does some things right and other things wrong. What's right for one person? Yeah. Is is not is not for another. Yeah. But I mean, going back to the price, I mean, I've got no data to back it up, but just my gut feel of what I've done in the past. I think I've sold as many cars by putting the price up as I have by putting the price down. Yeah. It's just a weird thing, you know. I don't know if it gives people confidence that the cars, you know, this car must be good. You know, if you're spending 15 grand, I'd rather spend 16 grand to get the very best yeah. one than pay 14 grand. So Definitely. The worst one, because, but I suppose if you're in the five grand bracket, the difference between spending five and four, or, you know, spending five and uh, six is a much bigger difference. Yeah. So as a, as a percentage... Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's weird. And then what? What else is right annoying is if say you've got a twelve grand kind of, I'm just going to get rid of it, put it down to ten. Then you get all the wannabe traders ringing you up, don't you? And oh, they're the worst. <laughs> yeah. And they're wind yeah. you up. So what's what's your worst uh, habit then as a car dealer? Oh, I've got I've got a few. Um, let me just. I suppose my biggest problem is, I think we talked touched on this earlier, is I hang out for a big margin. And, that, and that's that's the problem. I, I can't get my head past. I don't mind trading a car out and getting my money back on a car. Yeah. I don't even mind trading a car out and making a small loss. But I've got a massive issue with, with selling a car retail at cost or yeah. below yeah. to then be on the hook for three, at least three months is my warranty, but strictly speaking, six months, I suppose. Um, I, that doesn't sit well with me so I'm hanging on to stock longer than I should on the basis I'm trying to make you know a net grant out of it that if something goes wrong I've got it um, so so far I've hung on to the Hymer because it's sentimental value and we had a great time on our honeymoon I've hung on to um, my Discovery because I bought it dad bloody 10 years ago nearly. Yeah. Um, it's got sentimental value I bought I'm hanging on to my XKR because I had one when I first met my wife and I wished I'd never sold it so I'm hanging on to that and then my bad habits. You get too emotional. With cars. I do. Yeah. I do. I love cars. Yeah. I've got an old Fiesta. I put it on that car dealer forum when I first bought it. I bought it off my mechanic. It was a one-owner car. It'd be in a good so I think someone died. It stayed in his garage for 10 years. Uh, it's done 9,000 miles. Uh, and he dragged, the customer just gave it to my mechanic. So he dragged it out, recommissioned it, 
and he's trapped for cash. He says, do you want it? I said, how much do you want for it? He says, 1,500 quid. So I said, yeah, I'll have it. 1,500 quid, I mean, it's nothing, is it? 1,500 quid. No. I thought, I said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I'll stick it in my garage at home, which I have. I said, I'm just going to forget about it for 10 years. I said, because then I'll have the lowest mileage fiesta yeah. in the country. And I bet you it's worth 10 grand. That, <laughs> that's my thing. So that's another car. So I've got four that I'm just hanging yeah. on to. Yeah. And my wife says to me all the time, you know, every time I get a car, I say, you like that one, don't you? I said, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Not another. You, you, you know, so I, you're I a car holder. I am. I am a car holder. So that's my, my big problem. Oh, brilliant. And um, yeah. so do, do you have any, uh, like, any car or any customers that still give you nightmares? Well, I've got one that gives me a nightmare. I've got, a, I've got a few, David. I mean, I suppose the big one. I mean, I, when I was trading the second time round, I was in Hales Owen on a, it was a main road just outside Birmingham. It's still a and it's three, three dealers in a row, three pitches. And I just moved on there, and the first car I'd ever bought to sell off that pitch, it was a 25 car pitch. The first car I bought was a 1996 on the end, um, Ford Escort SI in white, when they weren't, when white wasn't. A good colour, you know, yeah. quite popular name. Yeah. It was, it was like a poverty bitch. spec, wasn't it? No, no, but SI was quite a nice spec. No, I mean, I mean, when you had a white car, white car was, it was like... like having a red one, it's like having a red one now. Yeah. You know, it was, right. that sort of, it was that sort of car, you know, it wasn't great. Anyway, I had it on the pitch, and um, it's my first car I bought, and I got out for an Indian one night, and you know when you're really keen when you first start, your phone's on 24 hours a day, and, and I just bought, you know, I just moved into a pitch, an open pitch, first one, I'm only 27, you know, this is great. And uh, anyway, the phone goes about nine o'clock at night, and it says, and it's big. I could tell the guy's, I, I don't know, I could tell he was big, but he was a Jamaican, he said Jamaican accent, you know. He says, all right, he says, um, I want this uh, Escort SI, I'm outside your goats, I want this SI. I said, yeah, no problem, I'll be there too. He said, no, no, I want it now, so, okay. So I went and did the deal with him at night, and he took the SI. I thought, God, this is, this is easy, you know, this is my first, I've just bought <laughs> yeah. this car. And I was told it the day or the day after I bought it, it's gone. This is going. This is going to be easy. Yeah. Then. So I'm absolutely thrilled. It's filled with motivation. I'm loving it. I'm buying stock. I'm filling the place up. And it's just me on my own. And I think it must be because I can't remember the exact time, but I remember it being dark. Um, so I'm guessing it's winter time, and it's probably six, seven o'clock at night. And uh, this guy says, "Mark, same Jamaican accent." He says, "Mark, he says, uh, I've got a problem in my car. What's the warranty cover?" I said, "He said I'm not happy with the tires on it." I said, well, we don't cover tyres. I'm like, he said, no, no, they're just not right. I'm going to come down. I want you to have a look at them. So I said, no problem. Now, this, so it's not late at night, but it's pitch black. I'm the only one there. This escort parts, the parts outside my gates. And I go to meet the guy. Seems like everything's right. He says, have a look at that tyre there. It's not right. And it's flat, flat as a pancake. And it's got a knife. Someone stabbed it. Someone stabbed the tyre. That's all that's been knife, doesn't it? That's what's wrong with that tyre. It's just been like that since I've had it. I said, I said, it hasn't, mate. I said, that, someone stuck a knife in that side. He said, well, look at the one on the other side. And I went the other side. And it, that was flat as a pancake, being knifed. And then he says, get, and I was on the near side rear then. He says, have a look at that one. Same thing. He got out of, out of four tyres in the car, three of them had been knifed. And it's just, I saw, he says, and the spare's no good either. <clears throat> so I saw, he says, have a look at the spare. So he says, I, I, I'm telling you now, I want my money back on this car. I'm not, so I can't cover tyres, man. I said, you could have driven over a nail the minute you left my yard. I said, someone's clearly knifed your tyres. That's not a warranty claim. You know, that's uh, enough to do to me. So I says, well, just have a look at the spare one for me, will you? So he opens the boot for me, pulls the carpet back, 
Which one's a gun on me? There's a gun, gun on you. Oh, you're not you getting like your money back. thinking oh this is dead easy to bloody hell are all the customers yeah, going to be like I, this well yeah I mean <laughs> and I was I know Birmingham has a bit of a reputation luckily I'm, I'm not from Birmingham but I was just at, you know I'm literally five miles out of the city centre where my yeah. picture was anyway was, but to, just to make it light hearted I've got a nicer story about a customer who became a pain in the arse um, so you know when I was telling you I got all those Mercedes yeah. and I got you know, mostly Mercedes. Yeah. And uh, I had this guy ring me up. He says, I'd, I'd like to come down and have a look at one of your cars, please. And I said, yeah, no problem. It happens to be an E350 coupe. So this guy turns up. I know he's 70 because I've since lent him a car and I had his driving license for, um, you know, for insurance purposes. So uh, I said, yeah, come down. He said, and this, this was a nice E350, you know, a big three-litre V6 diesel, um, pan roof, d- uh, dark, I don't know what color, the darker grey anyway. Dark silver. And he says, Can we go for a test drive? I said, This is pre COVID. I said, Yeah, of course, no problem. So I pull it out, get the tray plates in, and we go for we go on a decent test drive, a 10 mile, 10 mile route now. And I'm proud of this car because the 3 litre V6 diesel pulls like a train. It's smooth, it's powerful, it's, it's everything. The gearbox yeah. is lovely. This is a nice car, loads of history. And we're literally about two miles into the journey, and it's freezing cold. It's a really cold day. So I've got in the car and I've got the heated seats on. And we get to the, the first roundabout, the big roundabout, which is about two miles from, from the unit. And he starts going, oh, my God, what, what, 
what's wrong with me? What's wrong? What, what's wrong? What, what's wrong with my teeth? What's wrong? I feel funny. What's wrong with my teeth? What's wrong? <laughs> I said, I said, it's just your heated seat. I said, sorry, right, Curtis. I said, it's freezing cold day. It's leather. I said, I've put the heated seats on. I said, and um, he said, I don't like heated seats. I hate them. Turn it off. I feel like I've wet myself. Turn them off. So I turn it off. Let me carry on on the test drive. I leave mine on because I like a heated seat. Carry on on this drive. <laughs> <laughs> and, I said, and I'm quite, I'm quite confident at this point. So I turn around and I say, uh, "So, what do you think of the car?" He says, "I hate it." He just looked at me. He says, "I hate it." Oh my it's, god! I mean, it's a sport. It was a blue efficiency sport, so AMG sports. So it's quite hard. He says, "It's a hard ride." I can, I've got very sensitive ears. He says, "He says it's a really hard ride. It's bloody." I find it uncomfortable. I find it noisy. I find it. He says, "I don't like it." And I really thought he was going to say, "Baby, joking." I love it. He says, "No, no, I hate it." I said, "Right, okay." So, we get, so he, he toddles back. We've still got five miles of our journey. We toddle back with this miserable old kit. We pull up outside, and I think, do I offer him something? Bear in mind, I've got 10 or 15 other merch. Do I offer him a different one? And I said, um, do you want to look at it? I said, I've got an E, I think it was an E250, yeah, I've got an E250 saloon, SE, whatever it is. I said, so much softer ride, same car, well, bigger car, actually. I said, but do you want to have a go at that? He says, would you mind? I said, no, I don't mind. He says, I suppose you've got nothing better to do, he says. So I thought, but this time it's still a cold day, but I thought, I'm not putting the heated seats up. Well, I put mine up, but I didn't put his heated seats on for obvious reasons. I didn't want another bollocking. <laughs> so we go, we go on the same test drive, and we get to the same point, and I turn to him, I say, do you like this car? He says, I love it. He said, that is exactly what I thought a Mercedes should be like. I absolutely love it, he says. I said, that's great. He said, so we got a deal. He said, yeah, we partake. It's my car. And he got um, a Golf GT TDI. So I thought, yeah, that's good. That's good stock. Yeah. So I took his partex. He had mine. Everything was good. He's gone. I sold his car within days for good money. His yeah. partex. Yeah. And I don't know. Two, three weeks pass. And he rings me up. He says, hello, Mark. He says, it's uh, Rob here. I bought the Mercedes off you. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> yeah. he says, I, I've been in it so much. He says, the heated seat doesn't work. I said, <laughs> I said, you are right. He said, but it works on the passenger side. He says, but I can't get it to work on my side, on the driver's side. And I said, Robert, I said, oh, I wasn't aware it didn't work. I said, but that's not a problem, is it? You hate heated seats. Yeah. He told me you hate heated seats. He said, I do hate heated seats. I said, it's no problem. He says, but it's there, so it should work. Oh, I said, crazy, right, yeah. okay. I said, bring it down. I'll have a look, see if there's anything unplugged underneath your seat. So he brings it, brings it down to me. He says, and that, so also while I'm here, he said, the seat, the, the seat base, isn't deep enough. I've got long legs. My knees are long. Oh, from his knee to his foot is quite long. He says, it isn't supporting the back of my knees very well. Oh I my said, god! You know, there's not, there's not much I can do about that. Rob, I said, it's um, yeah, that's Mercedes. I didn't design the seat, sort of thing. And I said, yeah. I went under his seat. Nothing was unplugged. I said, Rob, there's nothing unplugged under your seat. I said, so. It looks like it needs um, new heat mats, and they're in pairs, one for the back, one for the base. And I don't know which is which, so I'll have to replace both. And I, I laid it on a bit thick. I said, but remember, you don't like heated seats. I said, I've got to have all the stitching unpicked on this car, put two new mats in, and I'm not buying eBay ones because it's so labour-intensive, I'm going to put genuine merc in. Yeah. I said, it's going to be a five or £600 job. He said, that's fine, yeah, let me know when it's done. <laughs> oh, I, I, I did this. I did this for him. Did, did you? Him. Oh no! Yeah, I had it done, and he was fairly grateful. I lent him. I lent him that mini I was telling you about earlier, oh. while it was being done. And he goes, oh. anyway, 
then this car develops a water leak. And this has only done 60,000 miles with full Merc history. Yeah, yeah. And it developed a small water leak. It's every time you see the phone and you, you see that. Sometimes I know the numbers. I know the numbers. I'm like, oh, I know this number. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, do you know what? It's just, it ended up, we, we changed route. First of all, we had the radiator cap pressure test and the actual cap was faulty, so that improved it a bit. Then it was something else. In the end, you went to another garage. It was actually the water pump itself was faulty. It had the head gasket. I was fearing head gasket, of course, yeah. water, you know, yeah. using pressure. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was just the water pump. So I fixed it from eventually using his chosen garage. And it's all good. So just to make myself feel better, I went back through the deal. I'd made on his car. I made 1,800 quid on the deal next after that. Yeah. On his car, he bought the Merc. Yeah. And I made 1,600 quid out of the one. Um, yeah. Car text. Yeah. So I was thinking, I've got three, three and a bit grand here. And yeah. four grand out of the two cars. I thought, yeah, I've spent a thousand pounds putting his car right. But he thinks I'm a, he thinks I'm a good guy now. Um, I've made a few grand out of him as well. And he now pops it, or he was up until COVID, he used to pop in for a coffee and a chat. Yeah. He does, he comes in for, oh, he's, he's quite <laughs> curious. <laughs> 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 he wears a bum bag, or always wears a bum bag. We had a bloke yeah, like that who used, used to pop in for a chat, and then we, we, we sussed it out that he'd come at half three every, well, it was three o'clock every Thursday. So <laughs> once we got to half two, we shut the gates and everything. <laughs> um, so this time in 10 years, what, where do you think you'll be? Well, I think I, I think we were talking earlier, and I can't remember if it's during this podcast or our preamble, but I consider that my job a, a lifestyle job. I'm not chasing to be a multimillionaire. I'm not chasing anything. I'm after um, a business in 10 years' time that will be... I have no proper pension. Yeah. So I'm planning on... I think it's similar to your idea. I'm planning to have 10 to 20 cars around me within my own grounds that I can uh, run with my wife, myself, because my wife's major trade as well. Yeah. Um, so we, we run it between us and we can take extended holidays and everything else when we near retirement and, uh, yeah, run it as a lifestyle, pay the bills, uh, have no debts because I'll, I'll owe, I won't owe any money to anyone but September this year. Um, so that's my that's my plan. So I have 20 cars bought and paid for and, uh, yeah, I'll be running it as a lifestyle, doing as much as I need to do to keep, keep some money coming in but, but no more. Keep the overheads to a minimum. Exactly. The overheads will be zero, well, apart from oh, there'll true, be council yeah. tax and the electric gas and stuff like that, but there'll yeah. be no mortgage, there'll be no stocking loans, there'll be no credit cards, there'll be yeah. nothing. Oh, so, and, well, that will ha- happen in September this year. That, but but this yeah, year. That, that's the beauty of, of, of this business. Like You can build it up to that. If you've got a goal, you can you know, you know, can you can do it. Not a problem. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you own... What, let's say half a million pounds worth of cars, because I plan on, if you're only doing 10 from home, semi-retired, they want to be the equivalent of 40, 50 grand cars now, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So if you've got yeah. half a million pounds worth of cars and you want a lump cash injection, you just sell one, you just draw the whole lot, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like selling a property, it's one yeah. of those, you just yeah. draw it all down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's my plan for, that's my plan, maybe not, but I want to be, it's not in 10 years' time, that's my plan to be there by September this year. Yeah. Um, but my plan in 10 years' time is to be picking and choosing my hours, even more so than I do now. Yeah, 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 definitely. That, that, that is the beauty of this job, you know, you can it, you can make it a lifestyle job, not a problem yeah. at all. Absolutely. And what what's the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, do you know, the, the best advice I'll follow, because there's advice I'll follow and I'll, that I do follow, there's advice, I know it's good advice, but I don't follow it. 
Um, the one I don't follow is look after the pennies and the pounds look after themselves. Yeah. I know it works because I tried it. I stuck to it for, I think, three or four hours. And I was, <laughs> but it's too, it's too boring. But it does work. You know, yeah. if you watch every yeah. penny, you are accumulating players, but it, it's quite a boring strategy. Yeah. So the one, I, the one I do follow is your first profit your best profit. And I know when you... You know, I, I had a Subaru, um, I think it was an Impreza, not, not, um, not a turbo, just a basic Subaru Impreza last year, a white one. Again, BCA Wolverhampton came in, and uh, I put it online. I hadn't even had it MOT, but it went straight online. It came in tidy, you know, it didn't even need valeting. I took all the pictures, put it straight up before it went for its MOT and service. Instantly, the phone went off the hook, and this girl says, can I look at it now? And I explained, it's just come in, we haven't done it. Says I'm is one month time. He says, "Can I take it now?" And I've never done this before for the reasons I talked about before. Yeah. I want to protect myself, but I just said, "Look, you're going to be signing your life away here." I said, "I haven't had a chance to inspect it. I haven't had a chance to service it. You know, you're going to sign, say you've traded it away, or you know, everything I could do to cover myself." I says, "That's fine." And I knocked a grand. I got two and a half grand across it. And I knocked a grand off. Thought fifteen hundred quid now. Lifted the finger. And do you know what? I could have sold that car twenty times, and I was kicking myself. Yeah. And I, cause I could have got two and a half grand out of that car, or two grand even after all the all the recon. Yeah. And I thought, then I reminded myself, first profit is the best profit. Because I hadn't lifted, I mean, when you do that, draw 1,500 quid out of the car without lifting a finger every day, yeah. rather than work on it to make two and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, first profit is the best profit, even if it's less than you probably could make in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when you think, oh, I can make more money, I can make money, but you could be waiting two yeah. months for that extra bit of exactly. money. Exactly. You know, so and uh, the number of times I've looked back, even though I try and follow that, there are times where I'm quite stubborn with with money. You know, it's yeah. someone says, "What's your best you do?" I said, "Mate, the price is fixed. Simple. The yeah. difference is when your car breaks on day fifteen. Sorry, on, on yeah. day um, <laughs> yeah. eighty nine of ninety. I said, yeah. I'll fix it for you. I won't even quibble. I, I said, but that comes at a price. You know, I said you might go. In. That's worth more than two hundred quid off now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And they generally agree, but. Sometimes you sit there and you think, oh, I was a bit stubborn then, you know, I could have yeah. sold that last week for 100 quid and I've still got it. So, I yeah, I and don't the, try and stick to that. The, the ones that I always reduce, they're the ones that always come back as well, and I'm like, exactly. I'm, I'm not going to reduce them against the ones I do. There's always bollocks <laughs> with them. It's just sods, though. Exactly right. And um, so what What um, a programme of something you can't live without as a car trader? Now I'm back on Ordstrode, I'm going to have to say Portal for that. Right, but yeah. That's really, you know, I'm talking that's this week, I'm back on that. But when I had Ordstrode before, that was the first and last thing I looked at every day. Yeah. There is one more program that a lot of people don't use on here, and I'll tell you who introduced me to it. I don't think he's on it anymore. It's uh, Simon at Langley Prestige. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a program. It's a, it's a, a company called VT Trader, a vehicle right. trader. And it's all the software for, for the business. And what it is, it integrates between your stock book. It's yeah. your stock book, it's, it's everything. And it integrates with Sage, and it does your VAT margin calculations, and it does your um, online submissions to HMRC. It does everything. And I'll tell you what I love about it. I'm really disciplined, actually, and really anal about this. Every time I get an invoice in my... If I, well, you know, pre-COVID, I was in the office, yeah. 9 to 5, minimum, Monday to Friday. As soon as an email with a, an invoice came, or the postman came, and there was an invoice, I'd immediately log it on there. Yeah. Now, with it, with VT, you see, you, you get it in, and if, it, if it's something from your MOT station or something, it's against a specific car, and it keeps a track. So I add that invoice to that car in yeah. the stock book. It automatically puts it into Sage, so it's also doing my books. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one phone job in nine months' time. I said, you told me you did the tyres on this car. So I can go back into VT, nine, well, two years now, but it's two years. I go back two years, find that car, and it'll show me every penny I spent, who it was with, the invoice number, the reference number, where it's filed, how much it was, like, just everything about that car. Like, like if you go to a main dealer, you know, and you ask, and it's just phenomenal. And it's it's pennies, absolute pennies. It's my VAT done. It's my, so I'm, what it costs me, I save because my accountant does far less. That's so great. And, and that's called what? Vehicle trader? VT, yeah, VT, well, Victor Tango, so vehicle trader. Right, right, um, right. And it's I think it's, I think it's about, I don't know if it's five hundred quid or a grand a year, but it's it's absolutely because it's just. So you know so, you, so you, you, you don't need to use a bookkeeper or anything like that. I don't, I don't use a bookkeeper obviously because it's because I'm incorporated. I have my, my I have my accountant do my end of year and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But I do my own VAT returns. I do my own day to day bookkeeping, and it's a doddle, and I stay on top of it yeah. as soon as. Um, and if it comes in, like I say, I file it. If it's not specific to a car, so if it's insurance, if it's uh, rent, rates, all that, yeah. that goes straight to Sage. But if it's anything to do with a vehicle, you log it via this VT and it integrates, it synchronises live with Sage. It's phenomenal. That's My brilliant. Only, the only caveat I've got is I get the impression that the guy who owns it is 104 years old. And I'm, I'm worried because <laughs> I spoke to him on the phone for tech support early on. And I wonder at some stage I'm getting left high and dry. When uh, you know, when I need some support, or yeah, I've had in two years, I've only had one, maybe two software crashes, but I do back it up every time I do anything on it, I back it up, right? Um, right. but I just think, God, if he disappears, yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah, so, but, so basically, but, when you sell a car, you know exactly how much you've made on it through to, that. To the penny, you, in fact, you can name any car I've sold, so I haven't sold that many, I've sold 200 and something in the last two years, so it's not a lot. Um, but I could, you could go on any of those cars from, I think it was April the 1st, 19, yeah. financial year, any car between then and now, and yeah. I can tell you to the penny exactly what I made on it, what I've spent on it, who I spent it with, yeah. who bought it, the mileage, yeah, every single yeah. bit of detail you could possibly want, because how easy is it you go and take your car for a quick hand car or even? And I'll yeah. come back, even though I haven't got a receipt, I'll say, well, it cost me a tenner, I'll put it in there. I spoke to the accountants and said, look, what happens if you're trying to get a bloody receipt out of um, some of these car washes? You, you look at twat asking that you almost... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do, do Is yeah. that a problem? And he says, no. He says, HMRC would see that. It's a fair assumption that you've got a car, you'll have had it washed. If you put a hundred of them through with that invoice... Yeah, all receipt, on the same day. Says, but it's yeah, all on the same day. But the fact you spent ten quid... Having a car washed, it's reasonable to presume you'd have a car washed. Yeah. Similar when you go, you know, when you go, you went back in the day when you get a train and a taxi to the auction. Yeah, I didn't always used to get a receipt for the taxi. I never lied about how much it was. I've never added to it because I want to know exactly where my books are, and yeah. because I'm always looking for some kind of funding. I need my books to be good rather than trying to save a bit of tax. So yeah. I put everything through legitimately. Yeah. Um, so if the, if taxi costs me six quid, I put six quid. If I if I tipped in four quid, I put ten. But yeah, that's what I do. He says, no, it's a fair assumption because if they want to check, the train stops at Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, you need to get to Bilston. That's yeah. a train ride. That's a tax. You know, so That's he says, brilliant. you're not taking the piss. It's fine. But no, the VT, I fully recommend it. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's a bit old-fashioned. Yeah. But it does all your invoices and everything. Yeah. And it, it does uh, order acknowledgements for customers. It's really, really yeah. I think it's a bit like Dragon 2000, but a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's brilliant. I'm going to look into yeah, that. It is. 
so, so Mark, thank you for joining us. It's been brilliant, mate. Uh, where, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or anything like that? Uh, Imperial and a hyphen, then Marks, spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, .co.uk. Brilliant, mate. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, David. Yeah, it's been yeah. great.